0: So how many is ready to study the Word this morning? This morning I can just look straight out this way. Always still have the front seats empty because, you know, everyone wants the back seat. Well, the title of the message this morning is Pleading Coupled with patience. Sablanut in Hebrew is the word for patience, but pleading coupled with patience is the message that the Lord laid on my heart to, to share with you all this morning. This week's parasha, our weekly readings, but yet kanan means I pleaded. Moshe pleaded with God to let him go over to the promised land. How many know that? But as we know, Moshe didn't get to go. How many know that? Well, Let's see whether or not there's something that we can glean from in the message this morning in the scriptures for today that may be applicable to us as believers in Yeshua. First we'll start out with There'll be two examples about this. Davarim, where Moshe's talking about uh, the most important things that have happened before he passes, because this is his last narrative to to, uh, all the children of Israel. But then we'll also see the event back in Shemot, Exodus, where it actually occurs. But first, let's start by talking about Moshe in chapter three, verses 23 through 27, which says the following.
1: Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds. I pray, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, Enough of that. Speak no more of me of this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift up your eyes toward the west, the north, the south, and the east. Behold with your eyes, for you shall not cross over this Jordan.
0: As we hear in this account by Moshe, he was extremely persistent in his request to God. Now let's turn to the book of the Brit Chodeshah for... um, another example of the persistence which is this time spoken by our Lord Yeshua who in the book of Hebrews was accounted worthy of more glory than Moshe how many know that we find that in chapter 3 verse 3 right so let's look at Luke chapter 18 and let's start with the first verse Luke 18 verse 1 which says this
1: then he spoke a parable to them That men always ought to
0: pray and not lose heart. Well, in in the uh, King James Version, and and this is New King James, I believe, uh, in the King James Version, the word faint is used. And in this intro, this first uh, verse, uh, the word faint means to lose heart. Faint means to give up. And give up when you're tempted. When you tempt, you give up, you become faint. We are to be strong in our resolve to pursue any and to seek God. Amen? Now let's continue with uh, ch- uh, verses 2 through 18 in the, in the er, I'm sorry, 2 through 8 in the book of chapter 18 of
1: Luke, which says the following. Uh, Saying, there was, in a certain city, a judge who did, not, who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, "Get justice for me from my adversary." Sorry, "Get justice for me from my adversary." And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, "Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest, her, lest by her continually coming she weary me." Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? If a
0: secular judge of this world acts in this way, you should know and you can trust in our Heavenly Father to even go further this for us as our heavenly judge but the real lesson here for today shouldn't be God's faithfulness for his children but rather the real lesson is whether a believer will first persistently pursue God through his word and through prayers that are then followed by actions by faith on the part of the believer first, or whether the believer will just give up, whether he will faint or she will faint altogether and walk away from the faith. Why lose heart? Why give up? Because the majority of believers today lack patience to be persistent and to persevere in this world where the condition of deception and doubt run rampant. How many know we're surrounded by deception and doubt? Hello? I had an, I'm, it's so empty in here I'm getting an echo. (laughs) Being influenced by deception and then Entertaining related doubt has been part of human nature since the Garden of Eden. But you can change this DNA by being a spiritual overcomer and not a spiritual underachiever. You can change your DNA like MNRA. So yeah. I can get away with this, there's less people here today changing the DNA, becoming a spiritual overcomer and not a spiritual underachiever. Let's look at these verses of examples as overcomers in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and chapter 3, with verses in chapter 2 of 7, of 11, of 17, of 19 and 26. And then we'll move on to chapter 3, verses 5, 11, 12, 21, and then we'll end at the end of Revelation 21, verse
1: 7, which says this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. I know your works, love, service, and faith, and your patience, and as for your works, the last are more than the first. And he who overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God and I will write on him my new name. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son.
0: So based on those verses, how many know that God's looking for overcomers? God likes overcomers. That's who will inherit the life to come, our overcomers, not underachievers. If you remember anything from today's teaching, remember this, that perseverance and persistence coupled with patience is of the utmost importance today to be a spiritual overcomer. Perseverance, patience are very important. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says this.
1: Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron.
0: Those are what? underachievers 2nd Thessalonians 2 1 through 5 says this
1: Now brethren concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word Or by letter as if as if from us as though the day of Christ had come let no one deceive you By any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God do you not remember that when I was still with you I told you these things so
0: the great falling away all those falling away Overachievers or undercomers? Underachievers or overcomers? Underachievers. Correct. Knowing the difference between the two and saying the words correctly. Now let's turn our attention to another example in scripture on persevering with a catch. Perseverance has to be coupled with God's will. Mark fourteen, thirty two through thirty six says this.
1: Then they came to a place which is called which is named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and began he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death, stay here and watch. He went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that, that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible, possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. This is an example of Yeshua
0: persevering, being persistent, persevering, but Yeshua prayed perseverance, and yet... He knew what was to happen. He knew God's will for his purpose, for us. John 18:37 says this.
1: Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause was I was born. For this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice.
0: But Yeshua knew God's spiritual will and resisted his own physical will. You see how the how they work? Our physical will is different from God's will for us. And it's important to get those two aligned, and it takes time to get them aligned. You know, we're all like, this came to me this morning, and, and I'll share it at this point, but... We're all all like Siamese twins, if you think about it. We're like Siamese twins. Now we have our physical bodies, we have our minds, we have our our hearts, we have our souls. But our, our Siamese twin is our spiritual being, which is really attached to us through our mind and through our hearts. And those two attachments stay together. Paul talked about how they wrestle against each other you know, the only, tame, the only time that that changes is when that spiritual being that's in us, that our spiritual being, is caught away, as we read in Tehillim 90 this morning, when it's caught away. But until then, we're constantly, as Paul said, we're wrestling with each other because we have this Siamese twin. Sometimes the twin, the spiritual twin, is stronger than the physical twin. Other times, the physical twin's stronger than the spiritual. It goes back and forth. And then the applications of God's instructions change depending upon which condition you're in. The commandments and the instructions that are designed in the the Tanakh and the Brit Chodesha that God put together to give us guidance, a lot of that is tied to the physical existence of what we have. And yet, within the spirit, we have guidance But in the Spirit, that that instruction's different. That's why living in the Spirit, you're not subject to the laws of the flesh. But when you get into the flesh, you're subject to the laws of the flesh. Luke 11, verse 2 says this.
1: So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven thy will be done God's
0: will for us you saw how God reacted to Moshe when Moshe said trying to convince God that he's going to get to go into the promised land or he wanted to go in the promised land and he talks to to the children of Israel and he says it's not going to happen I know it's not because God got mad at me and said nope it's not going to happen thy will be done God's will was not to allow Moshe to go into that promised land. This is key thy will be done. Your desires, spiritual, physical, with perseverance and persistence, need to line up with God's will and specifically God's will for your life, not your thinking of what God's will is for yourself, but what God's will is actually for you. You know the difference, right? The difference is we can think this is God's will for us, but it may not be God's will. You're just, you're just hoping that what you think lines up with God's will is true, but it may not necessarily be the case. So how do you find out How do you discover God's will for your life well do you go to a modern-day prophet or do you go to a modern-day prophetess to get a personal word it's not the answer you don't go to that you find his will for you by reading his word and he will disclose it to you through his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit, and then he will confirm it to you either through others or he'll confirm it to you in your spiritual life's journey through the events that you experience and then you will know what his will is because it will actually, you will witness to his will in your life. 1 Corinthians two ten through 14 says this.
1: But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which, which man's wisdom teaches, which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned." It's,
0: that's why I say uh, Siamese twins, because they both have an identity to themselves and yet they're attached and in most instances they look like each other. Now let's look at this example. Let's go back to Shemot 32 that I mentioned. 11 verse 14 which says this. This is actually when Moshe is talking about it in Deuteronomy but this is the event that actually happened that Moshe is referring to in his last words to Bnei Israel, the children of Israel. Shemot 32, 11 through 14 says
1: this. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with, with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn, with, turn from your fierce wrath and relent this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he had said he would do to his people. Once again,
0: uh, if, if you're reading the King James, it's repentant. Here, it's used as relent. So now you have a formula for an order of things, for situations in your lives as demonstrated by Moshe to follow. Now, how many got the formula? How many got the order of this formula of things? Well, if you didn't, I'm going to help you out here. Here's the point that I'm going to point it out to you. Listen to these steps, this order of steps, this formula, if you will. You hear what God says, and then in the situation you face, you tell God what He has said in His Scriptures. Then, in some cases, you act upon what God said. Then, when God sees that you get what he has told you, it is then that God acts on your behalf. But, it's in accordance to his will for you. But you will need to be patient because it is in God's will's timing It's God's will, but it's his timeline, not yours. Not your timing that he may act upon your best interests. And that's the order of things, and that's the formula for us to follow. Now turn to Davarim chapter 3, verse 28, which says this.
1: But command Joshua, and encourage him, and strengthen him, he shall go over before this people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you will see Joshua
0: understood the order he understood these things and he he lived them out just like I've shared with you the order you should have spirits like Joshua especially in these end times we all need that spirit of Joshua in these end times following God's order on how to deal with the things around about us waiting, being patient uh, for him to act according to his will. Joshua 1.8 says this.
1: This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success.
0: And if you do the same as Joshua did and follows his, follow the order as they, we have all been instruction instructed, you too shall have good success according to God's will and according to his timing. So in closing, I want to refer us to Revelation chapter 3 verses 10 through 11 which says
1: this. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Overcomers,
0: when tested in the front of testing, will not become underachievers. You follow what I'm saying? Overcomers will not become underachievers. So people, know God's spiritual will and resist your own physical will. Let's continue to persevere and be persistent, but with patience. And above all, don't let anyone steal the crown that God has for you in the world to come. Olam Haba. Amen? It is our duty to praise the master of all. To ascribe greatness to the author of creation for he's un- made us unlike the nations of the land and has not placed us like the families of the earth he's not made our portion like theirs and our lot like their multitudes and we bend the knee and bow and acknowledge our thanks before the king over kings the holy one blessed be he he stretches out heaven and establishes earth's foundation and the seat of his glory is in the heavens above and the presence of his powers in the most exalted heights he is our god there is none other True is our king, there is nothing beside him as it is written in his Torah, and you shall know this day and take to your heart that the Lord he is God in the heavens above and on the earth below, there is none other. Amen.